I got a message I want to share with you today. And we're going to go all the way back to the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible. We're going to go to chapter 11. And this is somewhat of a familiar story, but I just want to read a small excerpt of it just to, sh to share a few thoughts with you today. Genesis chapter 11, verse 3 and 4, it says, Come, they said, let's make great piles of burnt brick and collect natural asphalt to use as mortar, and let's build a great city with a tower that reaches to the skies. Listen to this, a monument to our greatness. This will bring us together and keep us from scattering all over the world. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you, Lord, for every person that is here with us online. I just pray over the next few moments, Father, that you speak to our hearts. I pray, God, that you awaken some things in us, Father, that we haven't even considered yet. And so, Lord, I, I just thank you, Lord, for the message you put in my heart. I ask you, Lord, to speak through me today to be a vessel, to be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have you ever played the game Jenga before? This is a popular game that came out, I guess it was in the 90s. And it was one of the cool things to do with friends, uh, like on a Friday night whenever you get together. And if you're not sure what Jenga is, it's basically these little wooden blocks that were stacked up. You had to pull one from the bottom and put it on the top. And, and, and the goal of the game was to go as high as you could and keep it balanced and it not fall. And whoever pulled the block out and the whole tower fell, well, that was the person uh, who would usually uh, lose uh, the game. And I, I just always had this love-hate relationship with this game. I love the challenge of it, but I, I hate it because usually it fell because it wasn't on a stable table. You know, it didn't have, or, or, or somebody pulled that one block that they shouldn't have pulled. And so now you got to start the whole thing all over, uh, all over again. And I always just felt like, you know, I could build this thing. If I did it by myself, it would go so much higher. And those are some of the thoughts that we have, not just in a game like that, but we also have those thoughts in our lives. And I feel like this is what life feels like for us sometimes because we're trying to stack things up. We're trying to build some things in our lives. We're trying to build some things with our career, with our family, trying to build our future. And, and it's like we're trying to stack this and put this in its place and hopefully everything will stay balanced and it won't fall and we can keep going up, 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 up and achieving greatness. And we just read this scripture about the building of the Tower of Babel. And this was actually man's attempt to try to build something as a symbol of their greatness. Forever man has been trying to accomplish greatness, trying to do something to show, hey, I am great. I have something that is going good for me and in my life. And their, their goal wasn't just to build something great, but their goal was to build something so great and so big that it would actually reach to heaven. And it's this theory that we have, and, it's, and it almost comes naturally to us, this theory that you can build your lives, your life on all of your achievements. And if you do good enough, you can reach heaven. And, and, and it's this drive that we have that like, let's do great things and try to be good enough. And we can just keep going up and up and up and we'll be good enough um, for heaven. And I think that idea is a goodwill gesture and, and, and it has so much popularity in our culture. It has so much popularity 
in our world. But I think we've all learned by now that just because something is good in the eyes of man doesn't mean that it's actually godly. And just because something is popular in culture doesn't actually mean that it's God's plan for us. And in this story, you begin to see how how there was this striving, this drive to try to build something great, just knowing that if they built something great, it was going to give them greatness. It was going to get them to heaven. But just like in building that game of Jenga, you, you feel like we're going somewhere. We're building this thing up only to try to balance all of it. Because the higher you go, the harder it is to balance. And one false move, one misstep, one mistake, and the whole thing comes tumbling down. And how many times in our lives do we feel like we've taken that one step forward and then it feels like two steps back because we felt like we were like finally getting some traction and then one little thing happened and it feels like it set us back. And I believe this whole concept, this whole theory, it creates confusion because we should have some drive to move forward. We should desire to have greatness. But when we're trying to do it in and of our own power and our own strength, it, it doesn't always match up. And I think it creates confusion. In fact, that word Babel for the Tower of Babel, that word literally means confused. And I believe there's a confusion that people are dealing with, trying to discern between what is God's way of doing things and what's their own way of doing things. Again, just because something's good doesn't mean that it's God. And so we see so many people in all their different ways and we see the pictures of their success. We see these images of what they portray, what their life looks like, and it leads us to believe that if we just do it their way, then we're going to get what they've got, only to find out that what they have achieved and what they have isn't really giving them greatness like they thought it was. It's just giving them the appearance of greatness. And I want you to know this today, that what God wants to give you isn't just the appearance of greatness, but it is His great plan for your life, and it is real. It is something that you can live, something that you can experience, and something that you can walk in. And today, I just want to unpack a few thoughts about this because I believe that so many of us are struggling with confusion because we know the promises of God and we're striving to walk and live a blessed life by doing all of these different things. But it often feels like we're falling short because it doesn't look like somebody else's success. As I've pastored Emerge Church, I've had this overwhelming responsibility. I felt like in everything in me to try to convince people to surrender every part of our lives completely to Jesus. Like to, to, to let go of the hurt, to break the habits, to break the addictions, to, to forgive that person that you just never thought that you could forgive, to to, to stop that sin, to tear down those idols, to replace those doubts with faith. It's this understanding that a surrendered life is a life of greatness. And that's so challenging to us because we're trying to hold on to the things that we've built and the things that we have achieved. But today I want to present a question to you. And I want to ask you just simply, what if? In other words, what if... We're spending so much of our lives trying to formulate a great plan, a plan that's going to help us keep everything together, a plan that's going to achieve greatness. What if we're trying to build this great life because we have a dream and we're striving and we're working so hard 
and we find ourselves continually trying to shuffle things around and, and bring things to the top of the priority list day after day. And in the process, things begin to get unbalanced and things get shaky. Things start to, to fall apart. And we just feel like we're working, trying to make this plan work, trying to make it happen because that's what we dreamed. We're just trying to make it all work together from family to relationships with friends and school and work and activities and finances. You know, all of the stuff that we're trying to make happen and all the effort we put into mapping it out and making a blueprint, getting the game plan, making the budget. It's like we want greatness. And at the same time we want greatness, we want balance. And that just seems so difficult because we know that greatness requires risk. And we also know that risk threatens our balance. Just like in that game of Jenga, it's a risk to pull that one piece from right there to move it to the top because it can cause the whole thing to shift. It can cause the whole thing to fall. And I just feel like we spend so much time building and trying to balance things. But today I just want to ask a couple of questions, three questions. Three what-if questions that I think we need to consider in our pursuit of greatness. Three what-if questions that we're going to ask in the middle of our grind trying to build a great life. And here's the first what-if question that I think we need to ask ourselves. Number one is this. What if my plans succeed, but I miss God's purpose for my life? Like, what if all of the things that we're working so hard for actually happen but yet we miss God's purpose for our lives. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21, spells it out like this. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I believe we all want to live a life of purpose. We want to have meaning and not just grind it out, trying to make it happen and look at our lives and all the things we achieve and still have this emptiness that's inside. And this is what overwhelms me. It's the possibility that all of our plans and our hopes for success and a great life may keep us from what God has for us. And that's such a challenge. And I, I like how it says it in Mark 8, 36. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his own soul? There are things inside of us that desire not just our greatness, but God's greatness. And our attempt to try to build and plan and all this, there is something in you that God put in you that, that helps you, that is meant to help you, to help point you to what He has for you. And so again, I ask, what if your plans are succeeding, but you're missing God's purpose for your life? What if, what if we have a wonderful plan for our life, but we miss what God has for us. And again, I'm just asking you this question today to consider in all of your planning, have you considered possibly what God may have for you? And I'm not just talking about material blessings, I'm talking about purpose, the why in which you are alive. Have you considered what God has for your life. Here's another what if question I think we got to ask ourselves. What if God has more planned for me than I realize? Like, like what if I didn't think that God would ever think that I could do something like that? What if, what if I, I, in my pursuit of greatness, I didn't realize that there was a possibility that God saw more greatness in me than what I even planned 
for myself. In Psalms chapter 40, verse 5, it says, O Lord, my God, you have done many miracles for us. Your plans for us are too numerous to list. If I tried to recite all your wonderful deeds, it would never come to the end of them. And I think this verse right here is this reality check to trust that God's plans for our lives can be better than we ever imagined. And that's so hard for us to fathom because we want greatness and we believe that we know exactly what greatness is. But here's the thing, God knows you and God knows your heart and God even knows all the intricate details about your desires and there are things about yourself you don't even understand yet. And so to consider that God's plan for your life may be bigger, may even be better, than the plan that you've come up with for your life. I believe that God's plans for you will fulfill desires that you never even knew could be fulfilled. Like, I want you to think about how great that is. We talk about how great God is, and sometimes we don't bring it personal, but the greatness of God is this, that God's plans for you are greater than what you have ever considered for yourself. And so, so what if... God's plan is better. What are you going to do with it? What if, what if God's calling you? What if, what if you're the answer to someone's prayer? What if God is waiting on you to call out to him today? Again, I'll ask you, what if my plan succeed, but I miss God's purpose? But what if God has more planned for me than I realize? Here's the third what if question I want you to consider. What if I completely surrender every piece of my life to God? Like not just, I got saved. And sometimes that's just so buzzword for us to get saved. But what if you surrendered every plan? What if you surrendered like every dream? What if you surrendered your schedule? What if you, cons- what if you surrendered your budget, your relationship? What if you surrender your doubts, your insecurity, your worries, your opinion? What if you surrender those things to the Lord? How could your life change? In Proverbs 16, 3, it says this, Commit your work to the Lord, and then, and then your plans will succeed. When we surrender to the Lord, that's where we see the plans begin to unfold. And I think the key word there is the word commit. And that is the process in which God's plan is fulfilled in our lives. To commit our lives to the Lord, to commit to His church, to commit to our spouse, to commit to our families. What if you truly surrendered everything to the Lord and committed your life 100% to Him? I'll ask it this way. Would you be willing to take the risk on God's plans for your life? Would you be willing to take a risk, just like in that Jenga game where you pull that bottom piece to move it to the top? Would you be willing to say, I'm going to pull my piece out to put God's piece in? See, a lot of times the plans that we're building for our life is to achieve something that only God can give us. A lot of times we're, we're wanting affirmation, and so if we build good enough, maybe someone will give it to us. Uh, Sometimes it's to prove that we're worthy. Can I tell you that Jesus proved already that you were worthy when he went to the cross to pay the price for your sins? 
I want to reiterate this today. God's plans for us is so much better. And I just wonder what would happen to your life if you truly surrendered to his plan. And you, you threw your hands up and say, God, I can't do this my way anymore. I need to do this your way. And today in this message, I pray over the last few minutes that the Lord has just been working in your heart to help you to see that God all along had you in mind, that God's greatness all along was available to you. And maybe you find your life that's just been striving, trying to be great, trying to do something great. And you just feel like it's been ups and downs, trying to build, trying to balance, trying to hold it together, don't fall apart. And you know today, you can sense it even, that the Lord is saying, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. And what I love about God is this. He was so serious about his plan that he executed it before you and I even got started. He sent his son Jesus to go and pay the price for the sins that you and I would commit so that we can receive forgiveness and still walk in everything that he has for us. And today, even on this 4th of July weekend, today I believe that the Lord is reaching out to you. I believe that God wants to start something in your life that will change you forever. But the question is this, are you ready to surrender? I'm not saying I just want to start going to church. No, no, no. I'm saying, are you ready to surrender your life to the Lord? A lot of people are going to church to try to get right, but then there are people who are surrendered and that's why they go to church. And today I want to encourage you, let's surrender your life to Jesus. Let's surrender our plans to his plans and let's see what God has in store. I'm going to finish with this verse today in Psalms 127, verse 1. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord builds the house, unless we allow God's plan to take center stage, unless we truly follow his plans, everything we're trying to build, the Bible says it will be vain. And I had to look that word up vain to truly understand what it means. And this is what it means. It means empty. Unless the Lord builds the house, whatever we build, the result will be empty. It may look good. The image and the appearance of it may be good. But the reality of it is this. It won't be fulfilling. And I, I just have this sense that we've been trying to build our lives to present an image. But it's hollow. There's something missing in all of our striving all of the activities, all the things that we're trying to do. And that's why we're trying to do more and more and more because it becomes like a race. The more I do, perhaps it's going to give me that fulfilling feeling that I'm looking for. But the verse tells us, unless the Lord builds the house, our labor is empty, meaning it doesn't produce what we thought it would. And so today I'm talking to the person who's frustrated who's been trying to build a great life and it just feels empty. It feels like it's not working. What if you just surrendered it all to the Lord? And I wanna pray for you today because maybe it's the day that you finally give your life to Jesus and allow him to be your Lord and Savior. Or perhaps it's that day that you finally let go of everything that you've been trying to control, everything you've been trying to make happen and say, God, I'm following your plans for my life. I want to pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you for every person 
that you love every person that you have plans for their life and yet they're trying to build something great in their own strength they're trying to achieve it instead of becoming and Lord I just pray right now father that you will touch their hearts and bring them completely to the place Lord where they surrender and say okay Lord I'm gonna live my life your way I surrender completely to you and I just pray, Father, that as they take that step, Father, they will begin to see the pieces come together. I pray, Father, that as they surrender completely to you, Father, they will begin to see your plans unfold in their lives. So, Father, right now, wherever they're at, whatever they're doing, I pray, Lord, that they will have a heart of surrender. And if you're watching today and you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus for salvation, I want to lead you in this prayer. Say, Dear Lord, Thank you so much for loving me. I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and Savior. I make the decision right now that I commit my life to you. I surrender my life to you. And I will live my life your way. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. You are the way the truth, and the life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.